Good morning, and welcome to the Redeemer's Refuge radio broadcast, brought to you by Redeemer Lutheran Church, One Deer Walk Lane in Charleston, a member congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Redeemer Lutheran Church, help, hope, and home in the body of Christ. The psalmist writes, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Psalm 46.1, this speaks to the hope God gives us amid the struggles of life. When life storms blow around us, our Redeemer, Jesus, gives refuge in the mighty fortress of our God. We pray this broadcast will remind you of that beautiful truth today. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord our King, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Let us pray. God of constant mercy, who sent your Son to save us, remind us of your goodness. Increase your grace within us, that our thankfulness may grow. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our reading for this 13th Sunday in Pentecost is from Luke chapter 14, verses 25 through 35. Now great crowds accompanied Jesus, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate, whether he is able with ten thousand to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is of no use either for the soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown away. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. In the gospel reading for today, we find Jesus at what the world would consider the height of his success. He is drawing enormous crowds. People are flocking to him. And the closer he gets to Jerusalem, the larger the crowds grow. And then Jesus ruined the success streak by speaking some hard truths that triggered the snowflakes of his day. Now, if you and I were on Jesus' advisory staff, we would tell him to ease up a little. Hey, now, we're on a roll. The crowds are growing. But this isn't Jesus' way. He is the one who is the truth, and he isn't going to compromise himself. He says in, chat, in verse 26, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, and yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And that's not all. He goes on to say in verse 33, Any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Imagine Jesus as our guest speaker at our congregational summit saying these things. 
After our gasps of astonishment, I can see us huddled at each of our tables. Hey, wait, that's no way to build a following. Now, Jesus, you have to make the pitch attractive. Otherwise, people are going to beg off. Our numbers will be off the charts and not in a good way. I mean, Jesus, we know some sacrifices involved, but let's keep that talk to a dull roar. I mean, haven't you heard of smart goals? Give them some low-hanging fruit they can grab. If not, people will land somewhere else. But Jesus wants disciples who have counted the cost. He is on his way to Jerusalem and is set on meeting what awaits him there. He knows the crowd will swell on Palm Sunday as he rides in on a donkey. Yet he also knows the fecklessness of the people. The crowd will thin out as the week wears on, and by Friday the shouts of Hosanna will turn to crucify him. He knows that the crowds will be gone and he will be alone even as the Father abandons him. Knowing this, Jesus speaks the words that are needed. Here, there are no safe spaces. He wants the people to know what is expected of his disciples. He tells it like it is, even if it sounds coarse to us. The one who is love incarnate isn't telling us to hate as we understand the word. He isn't calling us to resentment, bitterness, or rage against others. What he means by hate is entirely different. It is not an emotion, but a choice. Even if your emotions protest, who will you prioritize and serve above all others? This is Jesus' point. Jesus isn't giving us wiggle room. He wants our undivided devotion. He lays out the cost because honoring your father and mother does not mean obeying them instead of God. This, because loving your children, doesn't mean allowing them to rebel against their Savior. This, because defending your own life doesn't mean denying him to save yourself. There's no wiggle room. We need to count the cost. And as we count the cost, we discover that what Jesus demands it's just not possible. The cost is more than prohibitive. Counting the cost is sensible when we talk about taking care of our campus, but with discipleship, it is beyond the pale of possibility. The costs are too high, and we simply cannot do it. And this is Jesus' point. So we can't afford to run to a safe space dance around the truth, or worse, try to change or deny what he says. Jesus says, again, verse 26, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Beloved, you and I cannot be Jesus' disciples unless we fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Yes, more than father, mother, brother, sister, wife, children, grandchildren, and even your own life. You see, not doing that elevates your family or a family member into your God. And that means you can't be Jesus' disciple. Now, God does call you to love your neighbor, to honor your parents, and to love your spouse. But you are never to put anything or anyone above God. And this is a hard truth that Jesus speaks. And there's no way around it. Remember, Jesus says no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. This is absolute loyalty. 
I should say this absolute loyalty is a stark claim, far too much for us to be able to pay. Now, in case you think this is a glitch in Jesus' teaching, he doubles down. He says in verse 27, Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. But what is he doing here? I mean, <clears throat> does Jesus have a crazy and morbid outlook? Crucifixion is excruciatingly painful. It is cruel and agonizing. It's a dreadful way to die. See, for the Romans, crucifixion was both a terror and a blaring announcement for crime prevention. And here Jesus is calling us to embrace this horrible, terrifying, and shameful way of dying. He gives a hard saying that if you don't embrace this crucifixion, you cannot be his disciple. The costs are astronomical, more than we can pay, beyond our feeble possibilities. And he goes on. Jesus uses two examples to frame this impossibility of being a true disciple. First, there is the counting of the cost to build a high tower. I mean, if you were to try that, surely you would first calculate how much money you have before starting to build. Or else you set yourself up to be mocked for starting a project you could not finish. The second picture is that of a king preparing for war. But he discovers that he is outnumbered and faces a sure defeat. Would he not then sue for peace? Beloved, all this to say that you simply are unable to afford what it costs to be Jesus' disciple. You don't have enough to build the building or, de or to defeat the enemy. Your defeat is sure. It's impossible. The cost is too high. You just can't. So do you throw in the towel? Do you give up on Jesus because of the exorbitant cost and you just can't do it? I mean, to make yourself into a disciple of Jesus, to make yourself into a disciple of Jesus is impossible. So believe it. Get used to it. You don't have the money, the ability, or the strength to build a tower to heaven. You don't even have enough, quote, hate for the belongings of this world to love God as you should. That's what Jesus wants you to learn today. It's not just hard to try. You just can't do it. You're not good enough. That's the killing law that Jesus preaches to you. Also, that he can make you alive and do for you what you cannot do. See, there is someone who met, met such impossible demands. The one who is fully God and fully man, our Lord Jesus, the Christ. In his complete commitment to the Father, he lost his brothers in the Garden of Gethsemane. On the cross, he handed over his mother to another son, to the youngest apostle, John. For you, Jesus even hated his own life. Your Lord Jesus even went willingly to that horrendous and shame-filled death on the cross. He carried his cross for you. He was mocked while on the cross, being scorned for starting something he couldn't finish. Wagging their heads, they said, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself if you are the Son of God. Come down from that cross. What you and I cannot do, Jesus does. He builds his church from the throne of the cross. You cannot do it. I cannot do it. There is no one who can write a check big enough except Jesus. And he does as he pays the price for you. Only he redeems you, a lost and condemned creature. Only he has purchased and won you from all sins, from death, and from the power of the devil. For us, it is impossible. 
the costs are beyond what we can bear. You and I just cannot do it. But the Holy Spirit has called you by the gospel, enlightened you with his gifts, sanctified and kept you in the true faith. And so you have taken up your cross and followed Jesus. I know. How? When? Where? You ask. Well, St. Paul tells us. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Yes, in your baptism you were crucified to the cross of Christ. In your baptism you died. You died in the death of Christ. That's why it's only in Christ that you are forgiven. And on the last day, he will raise you and me and all the dead and give eternal life to you and me and all believers in Christ. This is most certainly true. Amen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you are always more ready to hear than we to pray and to give more than either we desire or deserve. Pour down upon us the abundance of your mercy, forgiving us those things of which our conscience is afraid and giving us those good things which we are not worthy to ask. In the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for giving us a brief moment of your day. Our prayer and hope is that the message of the good news of Jesus Christ will have a positive impact for you as we at Redeemer Lutheran Church endeavor to be help, hope, and home in the body of Christ for all whom we meet. We invite you to come and receive the Lord's blessing through word and sacrament as we gather on Sunday mornings at 1045 for our worship service. We're located at 1 Deer Walk Lane, just off the Paula Road exit on Corridor G. You can find us on the web at RedeemerWV.org and on Facebook at Redeemer Lutheran Church WV. Thank you, and may God bless your day.